to season two of Live Lunch. We are on episode two and I'm here with Johan and Joel and we're going to be talking about Sunday's Preach. Cool. Hi, cool. everybody. Hi, Megan. I just realised you're wearing a hat and I'm not. Oh, oh mate. Your, head, your head is incredibly petite. Somebody, right somebody told me off. Well, they, they had a, a go at you wearing hats on at, at Live Lunch. They said it just makes you look old and you should stop wearing hats. I think I, look, I think I look old generally. I don't think I think hats or no hats can help with is that. It, is it because you are old? Yeah, I think probably aging gracefully is the key. I I don't look younger by not wearing a hat. Probably not. No, I guess. Well, not. they said they made it made you look older. Oh, okay, depends which hat it is. Maybe a top hat from the nineteenth. Was century your Peaky Blinders memorabilia yeah. yeah. hat the one you know with the little blade yeah, in there it. which you like? Yeah. Often crackled, didn't it? I've never seen that program, but I like should a watch it. Matching combination. We are also at the end uniform. of Game of Thrones finale on Sunday. Do you, you don't watch that, early though. mornings? I did watch it last night. Was did you? Finale. I'm obviously not going to see anything because our five viewers, a few of them, might be Game of Thrones uh-huh. viewers and might get dejected if I reveal any spoilers. But it, did it? Is it like finished now? Is there the whole? Yeah. So the TV show is finished. Uh-huh. The books haven't finished. Okay. So they went. So the guy, this guy, is still writing books. He is still writing books, which is why I'm. Whole, I, I have hope that oh great there's this can be redeemed um do they still okay so the the, the, the tv show could still go on actually no they've they said they were doing the they said they did the, the, this is their last season and all yeah. the start the cast have signed off and everything but there's a petition which now has a million signatures to redo se- the, the final season that's bonkers it doesn't really work like that can you just say recreate the whole season the, get the whole cast signed on to doing it under a different director it's rather like trying to go for a second vote really it's kind of, it's kind of similar, yeah. with a different director. Yeah. yeah. Oh, with a di- okay, okay. Yeah. I know. I I've never seen it. Pro- you know, I think I, it's obviously amazing scale and yeah. money and all the rest. I've never seen it, but I, and it's I quite like I like the idea of it because mm. it looks like a fascinating way of trying to weave stories and all the rest. I, that kind of thing would be fascinating, but mm. yeah, I've not. I've not. I read one it. of the commentaries where they said that it's. It's his response to Lord of the Rings, and you and they drop. Oh, hello. Wow. Hello. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. wow. Come on. Thanks, Dan. What's this? That's Good man. Smoothie. Ah. Yes, Megan. Smart. It's summer today. Yeah, it is yeah. summer. That's. Thanks, mate. That's right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So this has got real milk. That's real. Not milk, milk from oats. <laughs> Milk from cows. Old-fashioned stuff. Thank you. <laughs> and for lunch, we have sushi. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Moshimo. There we go. Um, Moshimo also, sushi. To answer David Braiding's... Well, he said he likes the new art. Just like to say it's um, a Joel Michael Nicholas original. Yeah. I'm worth, a big fan. Worth hundreds of thousands of pounds already. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's featured on Live Lunch. Mm-hmm. It's got his own tears in it. And blood. Is mm-hmm. that not right? And sweat. And a hangman. Sure. And a <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about Game of Thrones, but I, I, yeah, which we shouldn't because I've um, not seen it. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But very much um, being like the, 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 the moral um, confusion in the human heart. What is right and what is wrong can be relative. Uh, and what could... Whereas Lord of the Rings is like... It's quite clear. The animation. There's a right, there's, there's a, a wrong. There's a clear instruction of evil. Um... Yeah, well, you can always imagine it. 
the bit where Frodo, where he he contemplates whether he should destroy the ring or not. Hmm. Um, but we all know the story. Sorry if you've not watched Lord of the Rings before, but he destroys the ring. In this, it's very much people don't destroy the ring uh-huh. and then live out the yeah the ramifications of not destroying the, the right. ring. Right. It's, it's fascinating. Last season, I, I think it was a bit of a letdown, but it didn't end happily ever after in what you would have anticipated it to end. Well, I'm going to stop talking because mm-hmm. I'm a giveaway stuff. Hmm. Okay. Last Sunday. Yeah. You spoke about. Um, do you like wasabi? Um, uh, this food here. Hmm. No, wasabi, the sauce. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. I, I wonder where here. the sauce was, but but it's, I, I, like it's okay. I love yeah. wasabi, but some people don't like wasabi. Mm. I feel like that is worth pointing out. Or yeah, it's definitely lacking that, but it's all right. We'll, we're surviving. Where we'll cope with that wasabi because we 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 we're survivors. Go on, Johan. Um, mm. You preached on a great, really good topic, a really good title. Uh, Jesus' secret. Mm. The secret of Jesus. Uh, yeah. 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 What is the secret of Jesus? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many stupid answers I'm tempted <laughs> to give. Yeah, but let's not do that. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. Kate's watching and she That's might not tell the you. question I thought you were going to ask me. So, so you've oh, sorry, uh, okay. Summarize the preach in thirty seconds. Mm, no, that is the what well, I'm asking you. That's what you're asking me. That's okay. what I'm asking you. No, that makes sense now. Yeah. So, so we talked about how at this stage of the Sermon on the Mount, which we've been going through over the last few weeks, um, months even. We're getting into the point where we see, I guess you can kind of say what it's like. It's the, what is the the way to live if it's not all these other ways to live? What's the door that he opens if he closes all the others? How, how does he want us to, to thrive if, if, we're, if we're not meant to thrive the way that the rest of the sermon you know, insists that we don't? Because he he's, keeps saying, you know, that's not your way. You, you, you're not to live... Um, with lust and greed and, and revenge and hatred, we're not to live with self-promotion, with uh, looking for power in relationships. These are not the way for you to flourish. This isn't the way to be blessed. You know, so it starts off: blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the the, uh, the, the, the those who mourn, blessed are the meek. And it just con- constantly kind of just pulls away all of the kind of potential means of security that we human beings naturally kind of. Uh, are drawn to and just it's just like over three chapters just everything gets pulled away every 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 branch that we're sitting on gets put and then we fall down to the next branch and the next branch and the next branch it's like and then finally it's like if if um you know if, if there's any branches left we're kind of like god please don't take this last branch and and he's he's kind of then coming through in verse seven of chapter seven with this this is really this is how to find real security. This is how to fly. This is how to, this is how to, I don't want you perched on branches trying to be safe. I want you to soar. I want you to fly. And so when he gets to ask, seek, knock, he's not, he's, it's not incidental. And I think that's why the, so, so this, this answer to your question, I just realized is, um, you, you asked me in 30 seconds to give you a summary <laughs> I'm now preaching all seven, but the, normally I, 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 I go a bit long, but I think now this is I'm probably on record time for going over. But, but nevertheless, I'll carry on and ignore you. Um, I can't remember what I was, where I was. So, so he, he's, he's kind of 
uh, snatched away, for like, or, or you know, kindly <laughs> taken away from us all of the false means of security and gratification that we might want. And then said, ask and seek and knock. And I think the reason that that's an important way to see this sermon, to see the, the, this bit of Jesus teaching, is that otherwise we tend to see the, the Sermon on the Mount as almost like a kind of random assortment of kind of just general kind of fortune cookie uh, bits of ideas and wisdom and, and, and advice. And, and uh, that's not the way to see it at all. It's not powerful. It's just, it's just kind of try this and also do this. Oh, and you mustn't do that. And, and, and completely unrelatedly, incidentally, do, do this. And, it's, and, the, it's, and the standards are really high. Uh, if you, if you yeah. try following the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. it, it makes, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, it makes the Ten Commandments look like child's play. Mm-hmm. Just the bar that Jesus raises mm. with the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Yeah. But to see it as one sermon that's trying to, that's, that's coherent, that fits together, means that when we get to this place where he says, now, ask, seek, knock, um, that th- this is the way to get somewhere in life. And, and your father uh, is, is good and gives and responds and, and does want to bless you. He does want to do you good. It's like he said, okay, now I'm inviting you into the way to really live. And Jesus himself has modeled that. And, and does model it perfectly because he's the, he's the son of the father and he, he lives with complete fulfillment and joy before his father and he's shown us how to do it and now he's teaching us that we, we, we can have, if as those who are in relationship with him, through Jesus, we can have that kind of security with the father and life with the father and joy with the father. That's, that's the kind of the point of the, the, the passage. We haven't read it yet, have we? The secret of Jesus is abiding in the Father. Yeah. 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 Abiding in the... Yeah, so that would have been a good answer to your question. Thank you. <laughs> but let's have... Megan, why don't you read us? That, sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, from verse 6. Okay. So right, Matthew... Eat. Sorry. Matthew verse 6 to uh, verse 11. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Well. Mm. It, the, the, that bit of scripture starts off with casting pearls before swine and giving to the dogs that which is holy um, I guess the question is personally for me sometimes I think oh, well, I just have even my thoughts and my ideas of the bible can feel like garbage and I'm chucking garbage to swine and obviously they're going to gobble it up but how can you as as a Christian fine tune or develop the, your pearls so that they are pearls does that make sense um Help me a bit more. So I think I'm. I feel like you 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 spout pearls. Probably <laughs> I spout pearls. Just off wow. your. There's just pearls and pearls and pearls. Yes, and I'm a pearl and spout. You are a pearl spout. <laughs> yeah, the golden pearl man. Uh, <laughs> you can't have a golden pearl, can you? But <coughs> I think really I'm trying to like dig into into your into your mind and into your I guess your your your, your discipline. <laughs> you can't have them. Yeah. What What do you do? Mm-hmm. 
um, to sharpen your mind <laughs> to produce both. Oh man, I I don't I don't um, okay um, I don't think I think it's much more simple than that. Actually. I don't I don't I honestly don't think it's about us being pearl sparklers or fountains or spouts uh, whatever yeah spouts uh, I think it's it's actually it's what's been entrusted to us mm. it's what it's what we look we, just stuff that we've been given so is, that, I, is that the gospel yeah mm. I think that's what I I, I think that's what um, um, the, the, the the truth of the the, the the stuff that God gives us it's mm. all it means I think because I, I think in in in, in some places, you know, the, 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 um, it's just treasure, stuff that's treasure, stuff that's good, stuff that's valuable. Like there's the, uh, Jesus tells a story somewhere else of a jewel merchant who, who finds a stone of, of great value, you know, a pearl of great price. And it's referring to the kingdom, it's referring to, to, to God, the gift of God to him. And, and, and then someone who finds a field with treasure buried in it. So in the context of Matthew, it's like the good things that God gives us. And... We talked a bit about this, but I think one of the things that occurred to me that we didn't get to bring out on Sunday was this shows that there's there's a place for just being in the right sense, make, making judgments, making being a good judge, judging things well. Um, we talked last week about, you know, thou shalt not, do not judge. Judge not, lest you be judged. And Jesus there is saying, don't become judgmental. Mm-hmm. Don't judge people out of self-righteousness and pride and trying to be God. Don't do that. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't call us to make zero judgments. We are still called to be wise, discerning people who have good critical um, faculties that, that make careful decisions about things and people and places and stuff. And we, we say, no, I'm not having that. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that with this. We've got to learn to do that. Mm. And that's, that's part of our responsibility. I guess I say that because I think Christians sometimes, in a desire to not be judgmental, can end up in, in, in a mess because we're kind of so eager to avoid the judgmental thing that we end up really mm. making dumb decisions. And um, that's, 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 that's in there for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I was, got, <laughs> I was going to place of, of saying. Um, if you if you've read the gospel or this was this was my story a few mm. years ago where uh, I kind of knew the gospel Jesus death and resurrection accomplished but it didn't feel precious to me it didn't feel like a valuable pearl it didn't feel like treasure mm. it just felt like you know something that that existed sure or, or, or truth uh, and that I could be emotionally detached from mm-hmm. um, but, but I found just spending time with God, just spending time in prayer, asking God to to reveal more of Himself to me, asking God to reveal more of, of this gospel to me, and then reading uh, John Stott, The Cross of Christ. There's some really good books out there which which help you see the gospel uh, as being so valuable and so precious, and, mm-hmm. and seeing uh, the, the Jesus's teachings and the teachings of of, of Scripture, they are the same thing, mm. um, as being valuable. Uh, and so there is there is place to to study to develop Absolutely, your yeah, intellect yeah. to develop your yeah. ability to communicate to yeah. to just learn more and to really dig 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 uh, until that gospel becomes precious to you and becomes valuable. Re- recognizing the, the the what's good, learning to be a mm. I, you know it's I, I guess sometimes in church in church world. You can get the sense that yeah, everyone here is really enthusiastic about Jesus, but I'm not. Mm. I've seen that 
in in in, the, in all kinds of situations. And if you're just becoming a Christian, you're just joining uh, the church. You can have a um, certainly feel excitement and enthusiasm, and and get really stirred about what God has done in your life, and just just be just hugely wired about it. A person that's been a Christian for a bit longer, maybe someone who's grown up in a Christian household or Christian family, um, can sometimes almost look longingly at that and think, "Why? Why are you so stirred and excited? Why do you see value here?" When I, hmm. I just, I don't really see the value. I, I just come along. I'm just, and um, I guess, it, like so many things, it's 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 on investigation of something. It's on looking and inspecting, being being captivated because of what you've seen rather than thinking I'm supposed to be captivated mm. because because he is or because yeah. she is they're so stirred and excited and they, they always look really moved in, in church meetings and inspired and I'm, I'm bored and so I have to do what they're doing I have to be excited and show it uh, and that, that could obviously lead to a lot of falsehood and, and um, pressure um, and, but I think it, the reality is we just need to look at the pearl yeah. <laughs> like you say yeah. spend time investigating the goodness and like with anything that's good anything that's valuable like even sushi you know mm. if you if you if they're you know one of the best sushi chefs or whatever in the city if they came in here and, and we said tell us about sushi they wouldn't we wouldn't be able to shut them up then they would just get inspired they would just be mm. so because they spend time and they, they know what's valuable and they would and occasionally they would get to get you know say don't do that with it and you know no no don't use this don't use this use this and they get really you know because someone who's been around something enough to, to catch the value and the wonder of it is infectious. And, but someone who doesn't see it, who mm. sees this and just thinks, well, it's just the same as, you know, as, as, a, as a crust of bread, uh, they're, they're, they're blind to something of great value. And, yeah, and it's blind, the same. full stop. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Too. Stop bread. Um, but it's just the, 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 it's the same with, with the kingdom. It's like we, we, if we don't see that it's a pearl, if mm. we don't see it's a treasure, it's our problem. Mm. It's, it's like when my kids are like, you know, there's a, there's a, a place in that book um, that we've talked about before, the book called Think Again by Jared Mellinger, which um, I think is a very good book to get, um, where he talks about how his family went to the Grand Canyon and they, were, they parked the car, you know, literally a few yards away and he stayed in the car. Because he's a teenager, and he's just, he's just kind of, he's, he's just having a season in his life where, like, like some teenagers do, where he's just kind of, he's just cocooned in this kind of, just stuck, being morose and not not wanting to look at the world. Just you know, it's all boring. Everything's boring. I, I'm bored by it all. And so he 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 missed. He's never seen the Grand Canyon, even mm. though he's that close. And his wow. family all walked up the road from the car wow. and looked, and he never saw it. And all he ever sees is from books or from movies. He could have seen it. And Constant reminder of his worthlessness. Yeah. Well, but it's just it's just that kind of mm. I, I I don't I, I'm I'm not gonna even look. Um I think we, we that is a huge parable because mm. spiritually that's exactly what happens to mm. so many of us so much of the time. Brilliant. Oh, we went off track there, <laughs> yeah. but it's good. Wow. Uh, we only have ten more minutes. Um <laughs> jumping into what Jesus shared about there was a lot of asking and seeking and knocking. Mm. That said, that whole sequence said twice and then asked said a few more times. Mm. Mm. Um, I really mm. like what you said. Um, a good father understands that when children keep asking him for stuff rather than just enjoying his presence, mm. um, it, that's just how, that's how kids are. Mm. That I found it really helpful because someone's like, just don't ask me for stuff. Just enjoy me. Just talk to me about <laughs> your day. And they're like, no, I want to watch Peppa Pig. <laughs> um, mm. That's fine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a big uh, theme. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Um, but 
But yeah, but uh, uh, it seems like Jesus is encouraging us. No, ask, ask your father. Ask, 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 ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, why so it's many times? In. Yeah. It's a way, way to get to know him. Yeah, it's like just yeah. It, if that's a good. That's where you're going to start. Start with asking, and it will it will turn something else because because he won't always give you exactly what you want. <laughs> that's how it's. That's how relationships develop. Is when you hit mm. a kink. It's like oh, it didn't work. You're a person, not a machine. Mm. You, this isn't a clock. This isn't like a vending thing. So. I'm gonna to have to get to know you now and work out why you didn't let me have that thing. Mm. Or, um, and I think that's part of the journey. Is it starts with our need. Like I just please help, help, please, please give. It starts with our need. Good place to start, but it doesn't. It doesn't mm. just stay in a place of just treating God like that. You, you begin to develop this this relationship, and it is. Jesus calls us to his relationship with the Father, which would have been involving a lot of asking and seeking and knocking. We know that he prayed and gave himself to prayer and he was passionate in his praying. So to the right of the Hebrews says, you know, that he poured his heart out with cries and, and, and you know, it, Jesus was, was a passionate prayer. But it's interesting seeing the sequence, like asking, seeking, knocking. So it struck me, you know, this is almost like a three-point sermon. It's like, ask, we want to know what, give me the three points. Give me the, give me the TED talk. You know, how do I, three ways to become a successful person. And it's like, okay, here they are. Ask, seek, knock. And we, that's a different way to see it. Like, I, I, I would have always seen it as all, all saying the same thing. Ask, seek, knock is like a weird poetic way of saying one thing. But actually, no, he's saying it three times for a reason. There, there's, a, there's a depth of asking. There's a depth of seeking. There's a depth when you ask. I can ask you because you're in the same room. I can say, Megan, can I just can I just can you just pass me that? Or can you? It's just you. But if if she's not here, I have to go find her. Mm. And that takes takes it to a different level. I have to get up and go, and, and it takes it, take, it takes something out of me. And and then if she's in a room where the door's shut, I have to knock. I have to. How am I gonna How am I gonna get How, how are we gonna get into a conversation? I think. Um, we, the, the, the way to interpret that into our lives in our relationship with God the Father is it, it gives space for us to think almost creatively. It's like, okay, I, I know what it means to ask God for stuff. Seeking him is going to mean something more. There's like a kind of, there's a persistence. There's a, I'm, I'm looking for you. I don't feel you. So I'm going to, I'm just going to push harder. I'm going to, I'm going to spend more time looking for you. I'm going to give up such more chunks of my time. I'm going to do it for a longer seat. I'm not going to do it just once. I'm going to pray for this several times. Maybe for, maybe something, maybe there's someone listening to this right now that's got a big problem in their life that they want God to help with. Also, I wonder if it would be helpful if you maybe give us an example of something that you went through on this, on this journey or this process. Um, yeah. yeah. One, one tangible example of, yeah, yeah, yeah. asking and then, is there something you can share with us? Well, I guess sometimes in, in church leadership, there'll be, you know, for me, it's, it, it would be that because that's my job, but it, it's not, you know, I, whatever your job, if you're a plumber or a car mechanic or an accountant or whatever, just apply it to your job. There might be a problem that you're facing in your work that you think, I can't see how this is going to change. I cannot see how this is going to change, but I can ask God. And there'll be times when I've asked God and it's like, yeah, nothing's happened. I've just, at least nothing I can see. So it's like, what do I do with that? Oh, it didn't work. Prayer doesn't work. Or is it like, no, 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 that was just stage one. Maybe you've got to, now it might be that you're not getting it this time, so it's time to seek. So maybe, I mean, I think of things that I've said, right, I'm going to pray about this every um, week. I'm going to give an hour of prayer on this particular day every lunch for, 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 for a few weeks. Are you still asking for the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Just keep bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. And, uh, and I think that, that's, that's healthy. It's like a persistence. I'm going to make this the focus of my praying for a season. 
um, I think this is it's between parenting. You know, some people, it's like, I'm going to pray for my kids for a particular thing every, the same day of the week, every week f- for years. I'm going to just do that and I pray for particularly for my kids and that kind of thing. I've heard of that kind of stuff. And it's a powerful example. But then it's like knock. Like the last one is knock. That's interesting because I think the other time when Jesus talked about knocking was when that's that story of that, that widow who's got trying to get justice from this unjust judge. And so she bangs on his door at night time and, and she's kind of trying to get him out of bed. And it's, it's almost like there's a, there's a sort of an element of conflict. There's an element of, I'm getting in your face. I'm not, I'm, I'm treating God almost as if he's, he's an unjust judge, which he isn't because Jesus' whole point is, no, he's a good dad. He'll give you, you watch, he's good. But the point is sometimes you will get the sense that he isn't. Sometimes his, the way he presents himself to us is as a, a, an unjust judge. Because why? Because he's wanting to get us to push. He wants us to fight. He wants us to knock. He wants us to make it physical almost, like kind of, you know, make some contact. So like when that, when that woman, Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus with her sick daughter and, and, and you know, it's this wicked, horrible situation. His daughter is really sick, you know, and, and Jesus... She asks him, and Jesus says no. Basically, he kind of says, "Well, no, you're you're not you're not part of Israel yet. We can't give out healings to you yet." And you think is that Jesus' attitude? Is Jesus like saying, "Well, I don't really I don't really care for people who aren't Jewish"? <laughs> like, no, no, no. He's like he's 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 throwing it back to see how she'll come back, and she does come back. She starts to argue with him. She says, "Yeah, but even outsiders can 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 receive some blessing. Surely, come on, Jesus, come on, come on, come on." So she's kind of arguing, and then Jesus gives her. He says, "Your faith, you have great faith." He changed his mind. Yeah, it's effectively. Amazing, isn't it? yeah. yeah. So it's it's and, and we're a little scared of that. You know, you can't change God's mind. Yeah. Evidently, you can. Well, we Let's can. look at it practically. Let's just yeah. look at it as facts of the matter on the pages of the Bible. How does it work practically? Let's not get too clever about the theology of it. Let's just look at what actually happens when we persist in prayer. God loves it when we argue with him. Yeah, why do we have this notion that it's set in stone and God won't change his mind on something? Well, good. When the Bible clearly points that he does. Well, there's a, this is a good question. Yeah. It's not, not that we've got time for. There is such a thing as God's impassibility. Mm. So what it means to be God is that you can't change. You mm. can't, otherwise, he, he's not perfect if he can change. So he, he, he's, he's unchanging in his perfections. Mm. Um, and so that to, to go to the nth degree on that means that he, he doesn't ultimately change his mind. Mm. He's um, not a flipping God. No. But he's saved to Maria or not. Quite, either, yeah. But nevertheless, he's, he's, um, he's presented himself to someone who wants to relate to us in that way. He wants us to feel that we can change his mind. He wants us to feel that we've got the chance to present arguments. Mm. And so it, although we need to... It's like we need to hold both, mm. both the scriptural. There's an ultimate unchangeability in God, but we are totally invited to to wrestle with him yeah. really even yeah. you know literally in the case of jacob so there's a lot of that anyway that's 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 a big thing for us to keep learning. have you read um andrew murray's book i think we probably mentioned it on the show andrew murray's book on in with christ in the school of prayer and his chapter on this verse is outstanding yeah that changed my prayer life because it, it, it goes to which good father uh yeah will will, will not provide for his children and he says that often we, we give up too soon in this process. We ask, we don't get a response. And so we, we give up. Uh, we're not going to the whole seeking and yes. pressing in. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I can't remember what Andrew Murray says on that stuff. So, And, and so he says, um, 
or maybe this is my my interpretation of it, but I think he does, is no good earthly father will not respond to his child. Mm. So if my kids ask me and I just ignore them or I don't respond to them, I'm a terrible father. Mm. And yet we seem to to translate that onto God saying, oh, I've, I haven't heard anything. I haven't had a response to my situation. So at worst, God, you don't love me or you're, you're a yeah, terrible yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've not really, we've not really pressed and then God could be inviting us to come and dig deeper. No, there's uh, just get this, those answers. the invitation is always, it seems yeah. God is always saying there's more, yeah. there's more, there's more. Like Toza said, you know, you can have as much of God as you want. And it, and I think that's what the Son of the Mount, it works around this. I think Jesus is saying to us, this is how I live. Yeah. And you guys, you seem to live for these other things. You live for money, uh, sexual gratification, easy divorce, empowerment in your relationship. You, you, he says, this is how I live. Yeah. Look, watch me. This is how I live. I live by asking, seeking, knocking. And you, and you think, I, I've, I've, I've tried that. It doesn't get me anywhere. He says, you haven't tried it. You don't know how much. You, you don't really. You just scratch the surface. Go in deeper in prayer. Go in further. And I think that's what's valuable. So for me, a big plug, we've plugged it before, but, but Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life, yes. is probably, for me, is the best, one of the best books I've ever read, if not one of the, it's certainly one of the best books on prayer, if not one of my favourite books ever. Because it, it, it's like you could read it several times. It's, just, it's such a rich book. But I think his way of grasping this point and making it is so, so powerful. I think one last question before we, before we finish, sorry if you're going a bit over, is why is this so important? Why do you think this is the key? This is the secret prayer or abiding in God why is this the thing yeah I, I guess because it's it's a it's we're made for a relationship with him we're made to know him to know the Lord so it's funny when 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 Jeremiah summarizes the whole point of the law in um in you know, Jeremiah 30 31 or 32 where, where he talks about God's going to write the law in our hearts and he says no longer shall a man say to his brother know the Lord mm. And that's his whole summary of, of what of the law what the law is for. That's an interesting way of some, no, instead of me telling you the the law by saying here are all the commandments. Here's all he, Jeremiah sums it up by know the Lord. That's that is what God's will for us is to know Him, and so you start to see why prayer time with God becomes ah oh, it's just, it's that's why it's so high up on the agenda because it's about knowing Him. That's what I was made to do. Mm. Um, so that would be one way of seeing it brilliant thank you so much Joel and Megan we've run out of time Uh, tune in next week